Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America, Babylon, and transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite, you are listening to Omega Man Radio Network with Shannon Davis. Mega Man Radio Network. Uh, tonight is a live show. Today is Thursday, October the 21st, and I'm going to have my special friend, Al Cuppet, back on the program tonight. Uh, he's going to be giving us an update on what the New World Order is up to. And I want to make a special announcement. Uh, God has opened the door for us to get uh, on WWCR shortwave. We're going to be taking this Sunday, 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern block every week, uh, starting October the 31st. And uh, the lead out on that is going to be Alex Jones. And uh, when I talked to uh, station management over there at WWCR, Rick Shelton, he told me Alex Jones has been on the shortwave for about 15 years. And I said, whoa. So uh, he has quite a following, and we're hoping that uh, the people that will be uh, tuning in to listen to him on Sunday will uh, tune in a few minutes early and catch our program. So I believe God's going to open up some doors, and uh, we've seen a lot of fruit on the Blog Talk Network, now we're getting ready to go to the next level. So we praise God for that. I uh, also want to tell you that, uh, you know, you can sign up a uh, free subscription on iTunes, download the programs. We have over 100 
shows in the can that we recorded in the last 90 days. And uh, I'm wrapping back up again. Uh, we'll probably be doing uh, nightly shows again starting next week. Uh, I just had a confirmation. Uh, Steve Quell will be on Friday night. Uh, we're going to have um, some special guests uh, calling in next week. Uh, we'll announce them as we confirm them. So we praise God for the uh, the opportunities here. Without further ado, let me get Brother Cuppet. Brother Cuppet. Yeah, Roger that. Brother uh, Shannon, I'm here. Uh, permission granted to come aboard the Omega Man ship. Amen. I'll salute the fan tail and come up the gangplank. I'm on board. Amen, brother. You know, uh, I'd like to start the programs out with prayer. Would you honor us tonight Absolutely. by praying? Absolutely. Wouldn't have it any other way. Father, in the name of Jesus, the only begotten Son of the living God, we yes. ask you, Lord, to bless the program tonight. Father, open the eyes and ears spiritually of those listening, and Lord, let us implant faith into their spirits and not fear. We ask you now to be with us. Save the church, O oh God, from destruction. We ask you to save our Jewish friends, and Lord, Hasten your coming as soon as possible, and spare us, O oh God, from the things which are about to fall upon us. We repent of our sins. We repent of yes. not praying enough. We repent of not reading your word enough, Lord. We pray of not fasting enough, Father, and we ask you, Lord, to forgive us. And now, in Jesus' name, bless the program. It's his name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Praise God. Brother Al, um, we'd love to have you on because, brother, you have been uh, tied in for uh, over two decades to what's going on behind the scenes, you know, the news that we're not getting on the mainstream. That's right, brother. You got it. That We're not getting much, I'll tell you. We need an intel report tonight. What are you coming across? Well, I'll tell you what. Since 1994, there have been four police hiring programs, and now it appears there's a fifth one I've just come up with, and a sixth one, I should say. No, I'm sorry, a fifth one. Over the years, since 94, we had one, we had cops on the street, we had Project Harmony, community police, and then we had what we I called at first stimulus money, but the time I heard about it, David Gregory had interviewed Lawrence Summers, the chairman of the President's Economic Council, and Gregory asked him, what are you doing with putting cops in this mortgage money bill? And he said, well, well, we've got, we got to look after the cops, you know. Well, that makes the fourth program, okay? Now, we're talking about billions of dollars. Now, Tim, I'm sorry, uh, Jack Conway, the Attorney General for Kentucky, in one of his debates with Rand Paul, I think for the governorship, stated that one-third of the stimulus money, now that's the next package, right? Yes, sir. That's the second package that we we had talked about that, that came in later to put on there said one-third of the stimulus money, I heard him say it myself, was for police and firefighters. Wait a minute. What what in the world are we talking about here? We're talking about cop money, but ladies and gentlemen, we are not talking about American cops. We're talking about foreign cops. Uh Oh. And I would like to read you the list of the foreign police, which I have recorded and documented by phone calls or pictures and or actual emails from people who have seen them and talked to them, and here they are. I took a regional police photograph in 1994, and then in, that was in Pennsylvania, and then we've had them spotted right near here in Virginia, Tennessee, Massachusetts, Texas, New Mexico, West Virginia, California, Michigan, 
Missouri, and Oregon, to name a few. They are funded, and they are the regional police. And believe me, folks, they are not Americans. Oh, my goodness. New York, Pennsylvania, they said to me, they said, where'd you get that picture of that cop? I said, up in New York on Highway 30, U.S. 30. She says, man, that's a bad cop. What do you mean? They pushed people around. Another lady said, saw the picture and said, that's a nasty cop. They, they, They shove people around. They're nasty. I said, where do they come from? We don't know. Who pays them? We don't know. Well, somebody needs to find out. That's right. We know who pays them. The government pays them. Our government has clandestinely uh, passed these cops' bills, and American people were boondoggled into believing, snookered into believing that they're getting money for American police when they're not. Now, in the states of Arizona, Georgia, Mississippi, California, Ohio, Oklahoma, Louisiana, Louisiana, Kansas, Indiana, Maryland, Wisconsin, Colorado, Oregon, Virginia, Florida, Illinois, Texas, and West Virginia. They've been wearing badges, had vehicles with tags or license plates. Red Dog Strike Force, they were in Atlanta. Moscow Police, those were in Oklahoma City. Kansas State Police were in Kansas, back when they had no such thing as Kansas State Police. Tennessee Military Police were in Georgia. No such thing as Tennessee Military Police, especially not in Georgia, but they were there. International Crimes Enforcement Police were in Colorado. International Police, I forget where that one was. Illinois Police, they were in Illinois. Multinational Force Observer UN, Highland, uh, Indiana. Honorary Pro Council, Denver, Colorado. Polizai was on the Beltway near D.C. Wausau Community Police is in Wausau, Wisconsin. Federal Police, American Police, U.S. Police, Enforcement Officer, Parole Officer were here in Orange, Virginia. Secretary of State Police in Illinois and a cop... A cop called me and told me about them, and I saw the police car myself about four years ago, or five yes. years ago. I saw one myself going down the road. Nobody knows who the Secretary of State Police are. National Police Force, Border Patrol. Now, when you see a Border Patrol, it says U.S. Border Patrol. The people who abducted Ilian Gonzalez ten years ago or so were not U.S. Border Patrol. I saw the pictures, six pictures. I've been in 31, 35 countries. They were foreigners. They had Russian equipment. They couldn't trust Americans to take that boy back to communist Cuba, so they sent these foreigners. U.N. Special Police, State Police in Texas. There are no state police in Texas. They are uh, Texas Rangers and or Highway Public, or Texas Department of Public Safety of the state trooper. We had uh, Federal Protective Police, Interstate Terrorist Police, Homeland Security, Special SOFOR, so forth. That Special Operations Forces, UN. We saw one in West Virginia on February 08. UN on the doors and U.S. peacekeeping forces on the rear plate. North American Union police were spotted in Linwood, California. We saw one in uh, one March, International Safety Police. Uh, One of these guys pulled over a friend of mine in Walnut Hills uh, in a black uniform. Yes. November 09, right here in Stanersville, Virginia, seven miles away, Eagle Police. Nobody knows who Eagle Police is. We had one called Special Agent at Union Station, Washington, D.C. They had another one, let me see, Homeland Security Police, Minneapolis, Minnesota, in Charlestown, West Virginia, regional police with regional police on the side of the regional government on the license plate, regional police on the side of the car. On Lewisburg, Pennsylvania, police, regional, I'm sorry, police, Mobilization Unit. This was in in Lewisburg, PA. Nobody knows who they are. Near Sperryville, Virginia, 3 August 2010, FBI-Police. 
in August the 9th of this year, Dallas County Police in Dallas. There are no Dallas County Police. It's either the sheriff and or Dallas Police, but Dallas County, nobody knows who they are. Good grief. They are here. They are operating. In fact, I have one of them go by my mailbox every night and open my mailbox up just to show me that he's here. Uh, They open my buddy's mailbox up. It's been going on for a while. It's intermittent. And uh, the Lord has protected me, so I'm not worried. But this is just some of the things we're talking about. Now, oh, by the way, I'd like to compliment you on that hymn you started at the beginning of the show. I'd like my producer to play one like that. I think I ought to have him do that. I use Well, you know, Al, um, we're going to do a future program, and I want you to uh, preach on the uh, Twin Brothers Church. Uh, you wouldn't right. hear that theme in most of the modern-day churches, would you? You don't hear anything. In fact, I just talked to a 30-year-old Baptist pastor. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know all that Shannon Lee has told to you, but i tell you this, if you do not use the King James Bible, you have a counterfeit Bible. Amen. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. That's in Psalm 119.89. And it says in 1 John 5.7, if you have a King James Bible, it says, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. So we have the Word of God recorded in heaven. If you do not have a Bible, if your Bible does not match what is forever settled in heaven... You have a counterfeit Bible. And we've had those since 52. Yay, we've had them in big time since 71. And they've wiped our church out. Now, I was talking to a young Baptist pastor yesterday. And I said, well, oh, you're about, he said, I'm a pastor. Oh, well, yeah, Bethel Baptist. Okay. I said, well, son, what Bible do you use? Oh, well, I use the Nestles of Land text. The Nestles of Land text, folks, is a Greek interlinear, okay, from Greek. Yeah. So I said, Yasu Philos, Isikalasimera. What? <laughs> I said, Isi pragmatikos Christianos. He looks at me. I said, Tikanite. Tikanis. No speaky Greek. He says, uh, <laughs> I said, you understand that? He says, no. I said, wait a minute. Enaleptaki parakalo. Melo parapolikala lenika. Okay, I told him I speak Greek. I said, did you understand what I told you? He said, no. I said, and nobody understands you from the pulpit. Ladies and gentlemen, the Holy Spirit, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing the word. And it has to be in your own language. And I said, the Holy Amen. Spirit cannot manifest faith, peace, joy, hope, and love, salvation, anything in your spirit in a language you cannot understand. Okay, now. Amen. And uh, I'll add to that, Brother mm-hmm. Al, that uh, yeah. the King James Bible, okay, has been in stone for over 400 years. Right. Okay, now, folks, there were men of God who lost their life to bring us the King James Bible. Amen. And, uh, you know, it hasn't been corrupted. Okay, there's maybe a hundred words that uh, may not be in common use here. You get a little dictionary, you can look those up. Right. Uh, The point here is the mainstream uh, Bibles that are coming out, uh, the NIV, even the New King James, okay, these others... They've right. had hundreds of thousands of changes. If you don't believe me, right. what we're talking about, go look up Gail Ripplinger, Dr. Ripplinger. She did an exhaustive study on this, and look, it's a fact that there are Bibles that people are carrying around, Brother Al, right. that have um, prayer and fasting removed. Right. And I got one yesterday, Bruce, uh, Brother Shannon, I said, uh, I said, I got this verse and this verse, Matthew 70, 21, Matthew 18.11, Acts 8.37, I said, you got prayer and fasting missing, 
in that verse, in Mark 9.29, you've got fasting missing. I said, you've got a perverted Bible. Oh, well, he said, well, King James got errors too. I said, well, wait a minute, okay. Well, show me one. Well, you've got to read so-and-so. No, no, wait a minute. No, 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 no. I said, I just showed you three errors in your Bible. I can show you 66,000 more. Now, I want you to show me the error in my King James. He couldn't right. do it, of course. He wanted me to read some, some guy who has been brainwashed by the, by the Jesuits. And so, you know, this, poor, this kid is leading a, peop, a congregation down the road to destruction. They do not have the Word of God. Brother, you know why there's so much confusion in the church today? Hmm. The uh, pastor opened up uh, his Bible, and everybody sitting in the congregation has 25 different versions. And people right. say, wait a minute, uh, where is he reading from? I don't have that in mind. You know, right. uh, I want you to, to take a moment here, Brother Al, and share what happened to you in India. Right. Okay. Uh, you, you, you know the, the story I'm talking about? Right, yes, I'll tell you. I was told on Wednesday, I think it was the 15th of October, 15, 16, 17, 18, uh, that I could speak on Saturday. And as soon as I was told, I started getting sick. And I started getting, couldn't swallow. All I could eat was a few little pieces of oranges, you know. And it was really bad. And finally on Saturday morning, I got up and prayed from 2 to 7 in the morning. And I said, Lord, you can tell the devil I'm going to preach on this message if i got to drink water and up chuck it. And just before I get on that platform in that tent. Well, I got when 7 o'clock came, everything was fine. I was still weak, but I wasn't nauseated. I got in. The, what I was going to preach on is Matthew 17, 21, which says, when you cast out stubborn devils, and that's the correct word. Demon is not the correct word. Demon is from the Greek. Demonious. You don't have that in the King James Bible. You have devils, evil spirits, deaf and dumb spirits, satanic spirits, but you don't have spirit of infirmity, but you do not have the word demon, okay? And so I said, I'm going to preach on this because you folks over here have got 350,000 devils and their gods, and they're actually satanic spirits, and uh, or maybe it's 350 million, I don't know. I can't remember now, but... So I started reading that scripture verse, starting in Matthew 17, uh, about the 15th verse. And I started going down through it. And I said, here's how you cast them out. And they, the devil, the devils wouldn't come out for the disciples, so they come to Jesus. And he said, where couldn't we cast him out? And, devils, and, and, and the devil could not be cast out. And the Lord said to him, how be it this kind cometh not out but by fasting and prayer. Amen. And I had the guy interpreting. Now, this message was being interpreted by a man standing beside of me with his Hindi Bible. Hindi is spoken in five of the 26 states in India. It's a major language in India, except English, which is a commerce language, and everybody's got to speak it if you want to trade, okay? And make sense to each other, because there's, there's 26 states and about 16 major languages. So, I got to that verse, and he said, hey, I don't have that verse. I said, you don't have it. Aha. That's why I took this verse. Now, I said, you, I said you, you translate what I just said. So he translated. I said, I want you to translate everything I'm saying. So I stopped there sentence by sentence. I said, now, you said you don't have it in your Bible. No. I said, okay. Read mine. So he reads it out of his Bible, out of my Bible, and looks at his. It's missing. And I see these pastors out there. They're looking. There's about a whole bunch of them looking at their Bible. They're looking at the guy next to them. They're looking for the missing verse, right? Amen. I said, you've been ripped off, folks. You've been ripped off. I said, you get the right Bible. Well, I had spoken for a half an hour. I went up to my room, and five, there were a hundred pastors out there. There were 400 people sitting in that audience, and a hundred of them were pastors. And uh, 
five of these guys came up to my room where I was getting some water and trying to get rested up. And he said, uh, Uncle, we got verses missing in our Bible. I said, one, two, three, four, five. I said, there's five of you. I says, where's the other 90 and five? Where's the other 95 guys who had maybe Bible verses missing too? See, I knew that Wycliffe was sending this perverted stuff to the whole world. I knew they were using the Nestle's text in their translations out of Pennsylvania. I knew that. It's a wild vine from 2 Kings 4, 38 to 41. It's the wild gourds on the vine. Right. All these new Bibles are wild gourds. And I knew maybe if I picked that verse, and sure enough, here they come to my room. I said, but where are the other 95 guys? Well, uh, I said, there's five of you. There's only five of you who care enough to come up here and ask me why the verses are missing in their Bible. I mean, that's terrible, Brother brother, brother Shannon. Uh, five of them, I said, okay. He said, well, Uncle, what do we do? I said, do you have a King James Bible? Oh, yes, I have it home one home, yes. I said, well, fine. Go home and get it. You can read English. All of you read English, right? Yes, we all read, they all read English. And I said, what you do is when you preach, you go to the verse, and you preach out of the, you read the King James Scriptures in your King James, translate it verse by verse into the tongue which you're preaching in, and you will have the Word of God in your own tongue, the closest you will ever get. Because this is what the missionaries used to use in the 1900s and the late 1800s. They went over there with the English language as a medium, just like when Paul went to the Roman went to the Roman Empire with the Greek language, it was all Hellenized. Okay, with uh, modern uh, at that point in time, which was Koine Greek, and Paul used the Roman road system to preach the gospel. But now we have the British language all over the world, and we can use the English King James Bible, which is how God planned it, the authorized version, to preach the gospel. And as long as we did, the missionaries went over, learned the language, translated into the from the King James into the foreign tongue. In fact, the Tamil Bible, the old Tamil Bible, before Wycliffe uh, gets, gets to it, was translated word for word from the King James. I have seen it, and I understand it. Was, I see it. Well, I can tell it was translated word for word. So the Tamil Bible, the Tamil Nadu people, have a King James in their own language. But that's the only people in the whole world that I know of that have the King James English translated into their language. And so that we don't need Greek or Hebrew God never needed a, a manuscript copy to give you a perfect Bible. He only needed holy men of God to transcribe it from heaven to earth by the Holy Spirit at the right time. And that's what he did when he translated the authorized version into the seventh translation in English. It was seven years in translating, and English is based on seven languages. And I'll purify my word seven times, it says in Psalm 12, 6 and 7. If you use the King James, otherwise it doesn't read right in the other Bibles. Now, Amen. You have to have that Bible or it don't work. It does not work. And things are falling apart because we have thrown out the Word of God and then we threw out the hymn book and we are in deep trouble, folks. Brother, you know, uh, you don't hear about the blood of Jesus anymore. No. Um, the English version takes it out 30 times. 30 times it drops out the word blood in the New Testament. And you know, if we didn't have the blood of Jesus, folks, uh, there'd be no reason to be here talking to you tonight. We'd right. all be screwed. That's right. Wouldn't be a reason um, for, for Shannon and I to be on this program at all. We might as well just hang it up and go party. And I'll tell you something, uh, Brother Al, uh, my King James Bible talks to me. Amen. It'll talk to you. Yes, absolutely. You know, I, I had, uh, and I sleep with it every night. I'll be honest with you. It's my sword. Amen, Brother. And I, I sleep good when I have my King James Bible within hand's reach. So That's right. we did a show about uh, two nights ago, and we were talking about uh, one of the best ways to make it to the hard times that are coming 
is remember the poor because you know God Himself says right. if, if you remember the poor, it's as if you've lent to me and I will repay. He says if you he who lendeth to the poor giveth or who he who giveth to the poor lendeth to God. I think it says. Amen. Right. And so after I did the program, uh, I said, God, do you have a word for me tonight? I uh, let my King James Bible fall open. Right. It fell open to Psalms 82, yeah. verses 3, and I'll just read two verses that he gave me. He gave me, defend the poor and fatherless, do justice to the afflicted and needy, deliver the poor and needy, rid them out of the hand of the wicked. Amen. And, you know, God was giving me a confirmation here. That's right. Um, you had it right. So, you know, praise God for that. And, uh, you know, um, before we get back on the topic, uh, of course, I believe this is an important topic here. It's the but, most uh, important. Right. Amen. Uh, explain to some of the new audience out there um, some of the uh, the pitfalls of trying to get bound up in the Greek. Uh, they tricked Jimmy Swaggart that way, didn't they? Yes. Um, what happened was the study in the Word, every morning in studying the Word, Brother Swaggart would read a verse like on the first day of January. And it's the Bible tells us, folks, whoso despises the Word shall be destroyed. When you pick up a new version Bible, if you run in there and you find the word like re-reward, R-E-R-E-W-R-D, and you go in there, and you you don't know what it means. And you instead of grabbing an English dictionary, an Oxford English dictionary, and look for OBS for obsolete or ARCH, archaic word, you grab a new version Bible, and you look in there, you're telling God, hey, look, God, you weren't smart enough to give me a, a Bible. I'm going to look over here in these new Bibles and see if you, if you got it right. That's an affront to God Almighty. The blood of martyrs, as Bruce was saying, or uh, Shannon was saying, I go by both, so. <laughs> uh, uh, no problem. I said, they were they died to give you this this Bible. And I said, and you, you are an, it's an affront to God to go looking up. Now, you don't know what Greek text that those Bibles came from, which Greek manuscript, copy of copy of copy. There are no originals anymore. Don't listen to that lie. And so you get stuck, and you don't know what, what you don't know what, where that Bible came from, and you don't know, there's four connotations to every Greek word anyhow. And so you just use the authorized version, and you can get into real trouble. And Jimmy got up there with his Jesuit scholars, and we know they're Jesuits. You forget the two videos that uh, Davis Motion Pictures uh, paid for me to make, or the three of them, actually. You will see that <clears throat> Brother Swigert would get up there in the morning, and he'd say, now here the word is, in Jude, is, is sanctified. Oh, no, Brother Swigert, that's really in Greek, that's love. Wait a minute. Love and sanctified is not the same word in any language. But Jimmy didn't counter them. The next day, well, now this word here is parched. No, Brother Swaggart, uh, really, uh, us learned scholars have found out that in the Hebrew, that's really uh, hardened. Oh. And the next day, now we're here in Aramaic. No, no, Brother Swaggart, that word in Aramaic, it's nearly not that word. See, Jimmy's reading out the King James Bible. And they're saying, oh, no, Brother Swaggart, it's re- it, that's wrong. It reads different. Wait a minute. What's going on here? The subliminal message that was going over the airwaves at 6 o'clock to 6.30 in the morning was Jimmy Swaggart says, my King James Bible is wrong. Jimmy wasn't saying that, but he wasn't refuting these, these, slugs, these slugs up these slugs. And the people were saying, I better get me a new Bible because Jimmy, these guys, these, these learned scholars, I mean, Jimmy's just a plowboy. He, he must not know Greek and Hebrew. Jimmy didn't need Greek and Hebrew. Jimmy just That's preached right. out of the thing and it worked. My great uncle yeah. preached out of it, and it worked. My daddy preached out of it, and it worked. My grandfather preached out of it, and it worked. You didn't have to have any Greek and Hebrew. So you get in a terrible, terrible rut, and you end up despising God's word. And whoso despises God's word can, shall be, shall be, not will be or may be, but shall be destroyed. 
And so Amen. The Lord, the Lord took him down. You know, Brother Al, was it your uncle that was translated a mile when a bear was chasing him? My uncle was picked up on the first sermon he preached. The, whoosh, 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 the Holy Ghost came in, and he pick, was picked up three foot off the floor, and they thought he was going up. But, well, what's that prove? Next night, the church was full. Well, ten years later, when the dam was being built up in western Maryland, the dam was rising up as they had dammed up the, the big creek. And he put a, a log across and went over to preach and spent all day meeting over there and coming home at night the log washed away he had a lantern and here come this bear and man he said lord you got to save me and the holy ghost picked him up and carried him what we figured to be five miles now five wow. is the number for grace and goodness and i know that's confirmed because i talked to a brother who his my grandfather told my mother and he jc my great uncle was preaching in 62 and my buddy lee he heard him preach it in 62 as a uh, uh, 80, see, about an 81, 80-year-old man. He preached how the, the Lord spared him from this bear. And I confirmed it, even with J.C.'s daughter. I said, I know, but Brother Leaf said, your daddy preached that to him in Grantsville, Maryland, when he was 12 years old. And he said, I've never forgotten it. And I said, I wouldn't have forgot it either. <laughs> hey, man, that's a man that preached out of the King James Bible. That's right. And that's well, you know. Brother, Brother Shannon, all he ever had was the King James, a prayer, a prayer, a prayer, a prayer closet, and the Holy Ghost baptism and a dictionary, and that's all he ever had, out of far as Bible school goes. Well, you know, um, speaking of grace and goodness, this country needs some grace, but there hasn't been too much goodness here recently. That's right. It's not looking good. Um, it looks bad for the next three months. It really looks bad, folks. I'm really, really worried, and we got some information about that. God have mercy. Uh, what else are you finding out about well, uh, the time we're in, brother? Well, now, I just got the word that a U.S. Marshal was at a meeting in uh, Oklahoma, and he talked to a Tulsa police officer, and he said, you know, us marshals have been assigned to go to another state, a bunch of us, and go to in-service training, and they're going to take, take our weapons away from us. He said, we never turn our weapons in, never. We don't know what's going on. Nebraska can't answer. The guys above don't know what's going on, but they've gotten the word from the shadow government Tell the U.S. Marshals turn the guns in. I told the state police commander in 1994 that we were going to have foreign cops here. All our guys are going overseas. Our troops going overseas, and foreign police, foreign troops are here, and they are now here. I've read you the list of names. Our troops are now deployed. If you count Costa Rica, wow. Costa Rica, we've now deployed in 179 or 180 countries. Our guys are overseas. Who's guarding the store? The foreign cops are guarding the store, and they're here. They're not at the store yet, but they're, they're, they're behind the store waiting to come out, okay? And if these U.S. Marshals, then I got another report saying that at uh, the base in, let's see, it's the Fort Smith, Arkansas airport, they've got a training course going out there for U.S. Marshals, and uh, he said that it's going on out there at the Air Guard training base, there are Russians, British, and German soldiers being trained with this one, one American in his unit. It's called house sweeping, they're called. Oh. There are also U.S. Marines there. Now, the foreign troops are here to arrest and terminate American citizens when the time comes. They have a completely different agenda than any American policeman has in his mind right now. That's right. They don't understand. They're going to be sent out there to train with foreigners. First of all, what's going on? Where do foreigners come from? They're not even going to know because 
They've been watching too much television, and they've been listening to the Fraternal Order Police downward-directed journals and stuff like that. You know, Brother Al, let me insert there that most people listening do not even know that um, Gorbachev had a headquarters set up at the Presidio in San Francisco. That's right, and he was bringing them in. We've got at least one, maybe two um, German Luftwaffe bases. That's right, we do. Here in America. We can talk about those, that's right. If you step foot on those, you're in German soil there, folks. Well, they got the German flag flying up at Dulles. I've seen it. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyhow, You've seen folks. Luftwaffe uh, planes even uh, flying yeah. there. I have and, you know, seen the Luftwaffe. That's right. Speaking of Russians, uh, I am in Georgia, and uh, I sighted them on at least three occasions. I was at a post office. Yep. Uh, a lady uh, wanted to ship a package back to Russia. I've uh, I've seen them in shopping malls. You're starting to see these Russians everywhere. What's yeah. going on with that? Well, they brought, them, they brought them over here. Now, some of them are here legitimately. Right. Some of them are here legitimately. The ones who aren't here legitimately are throwing their weight around like the ones last week in Dalton, Georgia, at, at, at a restaurant. There were, in 07, we found uh, 40 of them on the interstate here, about 100 miles from here. Not even 100 miles from here. They were only 80 miles from here. Throwing their weight around. 40 of them had come in in police vans. They've been seen many places. I had a pastor who was stopped by him on the interstate in Des Moines. I'm sorry, Omaha, in Omaha. And uh, they didn't know what he was spraying his engine. They said, what are you doing? He said, I'm spraying my engine with starter fluid, starting fluid. Well, there's no such thing as starting fluid. Yeah, there is, Bubba. Look here, a whole can of it. Oh, I didn't know that, you know. So these guys are here, folks. Don't think I'm kidding you. I can speak five languages, and I've talked to the foreign troops in their own language. They're here to peacekeep. They are here. They are here, okay? Amen. Even here. Rumsfeld, before he went out of uh, his his office under Bush, uh, he yeah. said, we won't hesitate to bring NORTHCOM in, peacekeeping troops yeah. on American soil. He, that's you, right. He said if we're overextended. Al- that's right. He said if we're overextended at a press conference, he said, well, for, what if we're overextended? What are we going to do with our guys overseas? Well, we're going to bring in U.N. troops. Wait a minute, folks. That should have been a real red flag, you know, a real red flag, a bad flag. You, you know, know, I remember during Katrina, even hearing Alex Jones say that uh, they had Mexican troops right, coming did. over the border armed with machine guns. That's right. Okay, uh, folks, they've been testing the scenario before to see if we would uh, object to it. And what you've got is a fifth column. of You've got foreign nationals uh, that I believe are many of these guys are Russian Spetsnats. And you're going to see exactly they are, they what Dmitry Dudeman saw take place when there's a civil riot here. They're going to sabotage the nuclear power plants. Okay, let's. We just caught. They just caught. They just caught three Russians down in Effingham County, Georgia, going in a nuclear power plant. Now, I did not confirm that, but that is the scenario. And I want to tell you something. First of all, we know that JP5 jet fuel burns from four six. 460 to 560 Celsius. Miles right. steel melts at 1100. Chrome molybdenum alloy steel. I used to be a welder's apprentice for the U.S. Navy. I used to cut gun barrels up. It melts at 1600. There was no way any steel melted on 911 in any towers in New York City. It was brought down by somebody blew it up, okay? Military grade thermite. That's right. <laughs> thermite, that's right. Thermite, with, which is thermite with, with sulfur added, according to Stephen Jones, Ph.D. from Brigham Young University. Now, since the last 10 years have gone by, after, in 1995, an American lieutenant was in an exercise. It was a combined exercise because joint exercise with our guys, 
combined it with foreigners. He saw two foreign officers eating in the in the uh, in the cafeteria. He said, "What are you guys doing here? Well, we're blowing, we're practicing blowing up, we're simulating blowing up the Beltway bridges so that people can't escape." What? That little Georgia boy wanted to smoke some people, you know. Well, in the past ten years, we've had three buildings go down in New York City. Tower 1, Tower 2, and Tower 7. We've had five bridges go, went down. I can explain them to you. We've had five refineries go down, blow up, explode. We've had four chemical plants explode. We had one sugar plant explode. We've had one uh, fertilizer plant explode. Now, those that's food, okay? That talks about food, okay? We're talking about food there. We've had a pipeline explode, and another one later on, Folks, that pipeline was three feet underground buried in the dirt. It did not explode, okay? It had to be helped. It had to be helped. You're not going to get any explosion uh, like that. It's not going to happen that way. Don't listen to this stuff. We've had two an oil platform exploded, they said. That's right. Okay, and then we had another oil platform, if you've been watching the news. i got a good memory. I write them all down, okay? Yes, sure. There have been numerous train derailments, and i got a CSX engineer who's a friend of mine. He said, these derailments are absolutely, you know, I've been working 25 years, and we've never had so many train derailments. And so this is what's going on. And they are blowing stuff up. They were practicing it in 95 at Fort McPherson at a, in an exercise we just talked about. And now they're, they're actually doing it. The bridge that came down in California is supposed to have an oil tanker going or a gas tanker and melt. Steel does not melt by gasoline. No, sir. Okay. There was another bridge that collapsed like that. The I-35 bridge went down. You all write me at Box 111, Wolftown, Virginia, 22748, and I'll tell you how to get some of this information about this bridge. Yes. And then we had a I-10 collapse during a storm, supposedly. I'm going to tell you what. These bridges are not able to be collapsed during a storm. And the, I, the 17th Street Canal Dyke in New Orleans was blown up at 3 o'clock in the morning by Spetsnaz. I heard a lady and a guy... On C-SPAN, talking before Congress, I heard a boom, boom at 3 o'clock in the morning, and then the water came in. That's right. I saw the water at, at 11 o'clock on the 29th of August of 06, I think it was. There was no water. The, the, the storm had passed over New Orleans, and everything was fine. And all of a sudden, at 8 o'clock in the morning, the ninth ward was full of water. And two different people, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, there were explosions. They were they were they said there were Navy SEALs put in down there. Well, they they said that because if you see somebody in a black uniform, it's just the Navy SEALs. Well Navy SEALs are trained to break stuff and kill people. And they didn't need Navy SEALs down there to break stuff and kill people, okay? But if you saw a black uniformed guy, oh that's just them Navy SEALs. Yeah. Oh sure. Right. Anyhow yeah, right. Uh you know that was a uh, dress rehearsal for Marshall on the USA and folks, Blackwater was doing illegal house-to-house search and seizure, confiscation of guns. Yep. And, uh, you know, they were deputized down there. And we don't know who they were. We don't know who they were, Shannon. We don't know who they were. We know they were in black uniforms, but we don't know who they were. And, and most Americans are not linguists. They don't know an accent from Minnesota, from Minnesota, or from New York, you know, or from Boston, right? Or from way down south, y'all. You know, they don't... They don't most Americans cannot determine... A foreign accent, but your your friend and buddy Al Cuppet has been to thirty five countries, and Al Cuppet can hear accents, and I can tell if you're what country you're from, and I can tell how long you've been here and when you came to the United States, how many years you've been in the United States by your accent. 
You know, I'll tell you something else uh, we don't know the answer to is uh, where are all those people that were herded off into the FEMA There was a camp. bunch of them went to a Baptist camp, but the Baptists allowed the FEMA to use it, and those people never showed up. We've never seen some of those folks again, people. And um, when this next uh, crisis comes, you sure as heck don't want to get in the the uh, the line going into the Superdome. That's right. what happened to those poor people. <laughs> right. And on that video that was the Davis Motion Pictures produced, I talked on the uh, it was uh, Twin Brothers Church. I showed you a picture of a U.S. post office with a criminal investigative office in it and a trap door in the floor that dropped you into an interstitial, interstitial hidden space. They're building an infrastructure. They're putting them in post offices. Everybody goes to the post office, and sooner or later you're going to go to the post office, and you better watch out because they are fixing. I mean, this thing takes 17 hours to talk about, folks. I've got a, enough briefing stuff. If I go through it, it takes me 17 hours over a four or five, a three or four day period. And at midnight on the night, the last night, the people are still there at midnight asking questions. That's how big this thing is, and we got an hour here tonight. But it's real, and it's coming down. I'll tell you another thing, Brother Shannon, I just found out. You've got two hours if you want it, Brother Al. We're just getting into the nitty-gritty. Okay, well, <laughs> let's talk about this. I had a friend of mine out in New Mexico call up. His wife was a 25-year pharmacist. They went down to get some nitroglycerin pills for old people. To have, you know, old people have heart trouble, and they have to have nitroglycerin pills. They get a tightness in their chest, you take a nitroglycerin pill, and it loosens it up, and you have no problem. That's right. Well... She couldn't get any. They drove 30 miles, and they found a generic, they found a name brand. And they said, we couldn't get any nitroglycerin pills, no generic. I checked with my pharmacist, and he said, yes, they have stopped selling g- generic nitroglycerin. Oh. You can pay for it, the big price, which is $25 a bottle probably. But Medicare does not pay. She told me, she said, Medicare doesn't pay for name brand nitroglycerin. So the seniors are, are going to have to pay to, to stay to stay stay to stay alive, and that's the name of the game. Euthanasia. Any way you look at it, it's euthanasia. Okay, and this is the name of the new world order. The third Reich measured in euthanasia, and the fourth Reich is measuring in euthanasia. And this nitroglycerin is just the first thing. Now, there was recently a big thing around: turn in your old medicines, turn in your toxic old medicines. You don't want to get them into the into the environment. Okay. Wait a minute. Hold on. They're toxic? Yeah, they're toxic. No, wait a second. You put these... <laughs> wait a minute, folks. You're being boondog. You're being bo- baboozled. What do you want to call it here? Medicines are not toxic to your body. You take them in your mouth and swallow them. They're not toxic. But they That's want right. you to turn in all your extra pills. They want you to turn in all these old pills because they don't plan on giving you any more. And right after that came out the problem with the nitroglycerin supply. And so... Once you turn in your old pills, some some of the old folks, they stored up pills in ahead of time, right? Right. They don't want you doing that because you're drawing a pension, and they want to get your pension, and they've already got a lot of people's pensions already. If you don't have a pension, like Nixon when he went over to China, how do you control these people? You work them, 20, you work them 18 hours a day, you keep them poor, and make sure they don't have any guns, and that's how you control them. So all you got to right. do now is, is take away their money, take away their medicines, and you can control them. And the old people, they don't think like this new bunch. They're, they're old and they're set in their ways. They, some of them believe in the Constitution. Some of them believe in the Bible, praise God. And they don't listen too well to some of the stuff that's going on. We have a culture now of do as we say, do as we say. You don't go, you go through a red light, we take a, we take a picture of your license plate because you've got to do as we say. 
Well, I found out something, Shannon. When I was in Greece, I found that red lights don't stop don't stop drivers. Okay. Right. <laughs> I found that red lights don't stop drivers when I when I lived in Greece. But because that red light says you got to stop, you stop. Well, if you got a new world order cop chasing you, don't worry about stopping at the red light. Just remember that. Okay. Just remember. You know, brother, we have got in this state. I counted it up here a while back. To drive my car, I had to have 13 pieces of paper, plastic, or metal to drive my automobile. If you count all the certificates and all the things in the glove compartment, insurance, driver's license, registration, stickers here, stickers there, stickers on the plates, license plates, insurance certificates, uh, pollution permit certificate, you had to have 13 pieces of, of documentation to, to legally drive your car in the state of Virginia, in Northern Virginia. Wow. That is not freedom anymore, folks, as we know it. Nobody taxes, nobody, nobody uh, makes you have a license for your horse. Now, I'll no, tell you sure. what, if you've got a cell phone, the Intelligent Highway System. Now, when I put out the two videos, I didn't know this exact fact. But I, I mentioned in the two Prophecy Club videos, and in in, I probably mentioned it on the ones that Davis Motion Pictures put out, I mentioned the fact that the Intelligent Highway System, I showed photos of it in some of the videos. When you zip over one of these IHS modules in the highway, it's cut in the highway, and the military term is they ping you. They ping your cell phone. That's right. And they ping it, and they know who's in the car, and if they've inserted your social security number into their listening system, Carnivore, Echelon, and all the other listening systems, they know who's in that car. Unless you wrap it in tinfoil tightly, they know you're there. They know where you are. You can get it. You can, and also, that's not, that's not including the GPS capability that they locate you, okay? Every time I go to my cousin's house, which is some miles from here, the next day, a white plane flies. Before 24 hours just passed, a little white plane goes zipping over the house. There, Good grief. I've got XM radio in one of my cars. I didn't ask for the XM, but the XM capability is in there if I want it. Yes. But that thing's got a satellite antenna on the roof. Don't you think for a minute OnStar don't know where you are. OnStar don't knows where you are right now. Absolutely. You know, and people are always rushing to get this newest technology. You know, they've got what's called the 4G yeah, uh, connections. Yeah, 4G, yeah. Folks, listen, there is uh, GPS uh, transmitters in there. I mean, even on my little measly cell phone that I have, I don't have all the fancy stuff, Brother Al, but uh, you periodically... You can get the coordinates. You can get the grid coordinates. I hear it being pinged. Yeah. And it'll go beep, 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 beep. And what's yeah. happened is communicating with the towers. Yeah. They know where you're at. Okay. Um, it's set, what it's doing, it, it knows its GPS position on the face of the Earth, lat longitude, Right. And then it puts it on your phone, and it, the phone sends it to the tower. If they ask for it, it sends the information to the to the network. Absolutely. You know, what? all they would have to do, folks, if they wanted to, they can do what's called a roving wiretap. All they have to do is call my phone. It would not even ring to where right. I could hear it. And they've activated the microphone, they, they, and they, they can they, hear they, That's right. everything that's going on in the uh, the room. It's called phone trapping. Is that it's right, Phone trapping. Right? That's exactly right. I spent 30 years in communications, and I'm telling you, I'm talking about radio, phone, and so forth, communications, and they're doing it, they're doing it, and they're lighting up your phone, and they listen to you in your bedroom. It, I had a colonel call me last night and tell me, and I already knew it, but he called me. In 30 seconds, they can dial your cell phone, and and in four minutes, they can get your, your regular phone tapped or trapped, okay? And don't think for a minute 
if you pull the battery out, it won't work. It will work because there's a passive transponder in there. That's right. And when you zip over the IHS module, the, the thing pings the, the cell phone, and it bounces back its ID. Just like coming out of a Walmart store, if you steal something, and you better not be stealing nothing anyhow, but you take something, you go out of there, that thing picks up an RFID chip or the RFID on, the, on that little thing they have in there, and it lights up and, hey, please return to the store. You're a crook, you know. That's, hey, man, you know, um, people people think that they've still got privacy. Nope. Uh, you know, every phone call you make, every right. cell phone call you make, sat phone, fax, Internet, email message, uh, it is recorded, people. I had a guy come over to my house about two years ago, Brother Al, mm-hmm. when I, I had Dish Network uh, put in, and he told me a story that uh, before he went to work for Dish, uh, he worked uh, for an agency, and they had these uh, buildings about the size of a Walmart, except with no windows. Mm-hmm. And he would go in and do maintenance on uh, computer hardware that were basically archiving all telephone calls. Yep. And it's not a new technology, people. I mean, no, it's I not do- a new technology. They've been, they've, been, they've been monitoring the Jews' phones since 1941 in the wartime. They were monitoring the Jews right, at, right at, all, over, all over. They were monitoring Jewish folks. Dial 411 right now on your phone, people, and... Uh, you call for directory assistance, a person doesn't even come on. Right. They have this computer software, voice recognition, which will find the number. doesn't mean and that they don't make a few errors, but we've known, Brother Al, that for some time they've had the uh, technology voice print, uh, at the voice NSA yeah. to basically go through your uh, voice streams and look for keywords. Right. And then what oh, they do is right. they have a human operator which when these certain words flag their system, they'll start surveillance on you. Absolutely. Let me tell you something, folks. I I got a friend of mine who's, who's in the military, and back in eight years ago or more, or maybe more than that, ten years ago, he said he went to Fort Meade, and he was up there at temporary duty, and he says, Al, he says, all of the classified spaces, now that's a Navy term, spaces, okay? I got 19 years joint service. I know what bupers, I know what detailers are, I know what dispersing is, you know, all that stuff, LDOs and... Uh, Airedales and all that. I know all the Navy terms. And he said, they got foreign officers all over Fort Meade. I said, you mean in those big buildings? Yeah. I said, folks, when I was in the service, you couldn't get a, if you had a wife foreign born, you couldn't get a measly confidential clearance, much right. less secret or top secret or code word. These guys up there are now in Fort Meade crawling like, you know, flies on honey up there. And they're up there and they're manning those carnivore and echelon systems. They're listening to us. On, on our phones, they're listening to us. On our everywhere we go, they're watching us. They're surveilling us. You see, Satan is not omniscient. He's not omnipresent, nor is he, or he omnipotent. Omnipotent. That's right. But he wants to sur- survey and and keep track of things. So he's got computers, and these computers, we've got cameras everywhere. We've got photo red cameras. We've got surveillance cameras. We've got. You look at over. You, you go down the road and look up at the red light. And here's this thing staring at you right off of the red light. You know, brother L. Everywhere I go, I'm seeing cameras on the uh, telephone poles. Yep. And they say they're just trying to control traffic, folks. Two years ago, when I operated a gun store, we had a guy come in, and uh, he's a law enforcement officer. We had a lot of friends in the LE, and uh, he told us that uh, his current tasking is he goes in the parking lot, sits in his patrol car aims a little device at license plates, and looks for stolen cars. Right, because it does now, it very fast. It does it very fast. How the heck is he going to know that if he did not have some optical recognition? Okay. 
That's right. The it, same it stuff they use at the, the border. Number. It's optical recognition, sees a tag, and then two seconds it runs it through a computer, and they, they know if it's, it's so fast. The digital, the digital generation has allowed us to do this stuff with, with amazing speed. That's right. right. And so uh, they can run it through the database, and look, there is no privacy anymore. No. Uh, heaven forbid they put a barcode and RFID on your tag the next time you go to renew it. Now they're going to pick you up from satellite. Yeah. So, and we're talking some old technology even, folks. There's stuff that uh, we don't even know about yet. Now, the, the newest stuff I've heard of, Brother Al, is, and it's not really new, but new to me, is they have these things that look like a UPS truck, and they'll go yeah. down the road very slowly, and they're X-raying people yeah. and cars in real time. And they can go to, do the same thing to houses. Called what? Uh, is it called back? Uh, it's back called backscatter radar. It's backscatter. Backscatter. Backscatter radar, yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, we know that they have the ability to fly over... Uh, houses and I take an that. infrared picture. Am I correct? I knew that back in '85 when I was working for the government. They could go over your house with a magnetometer. They do infrared magnetometer and radar sweep all at the same time. They can see 26 feet deep with the magnetometer. They can see anything with the radar that's not covered up by a sheet of metal. And the infrared shows him all kinds of stuff on, on the surface. You know, folks. That's house. why they outlawed the lead-based paint. That that and that and aluminum siding. And lead-based paint. It's not that babies are going to chew on the crib and get poisoned. It's because if you got six or eight paints, coats of lead paint on your house, their their radar systems and their surveillance systems are diffracted and or refracted or attenuated by the lead paint or the aluminum siding. So now you've got vinyl siding. Same reason why you go into the doctor's office or the dentist chair and they put a, a lead <laughs> cover all over you so the, the rays don't penetrate and fry your organs. And doesn't bounce uh, off, and, and doesn't bounce off, doesn't bounce off, and hurt them. They get behind a shield, because I can tell you that the Russians long ago could could microwave the buildings of our our, our embassy buildings. They can microwave the the windows in your house, and they 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 can tweak it up to where your voice is vibrating off the window panes, talking in the house, and it can bounce back. The backscatter goes back, and they can pick it up and tell what you're saying by the modulation off the window pane. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, I knew that 25 years ago, okay? Oh, yeah. Now, now, what they did was they, you hang heavy, heavy curtains up there, and that stopped that. And uh, But, you know, they also stopped the Celotex. Uh, Celotex puts out a three-quarter-inch foam insulation. It used to have a sheet of aluminum foil on the side of it, and I got that in my house back in 89. But now you can't get the aluminum foil. <laughs> Guess why? Because they don't want anything bouncing off their signals, bouncing nope. their signals back the wrong way, or without having penetrated your walls and checked you out. That's that's what's going on. Yeah, it's the truth. It's uh, it's all about uh, taking away your privacy, folks. Tracking every movement. Uh, you know, they will eventually come to the uh, probably the RFID chip implant. Yes, we're hearing talk about that again. And so, um, you know, what they want to do is they want to take your resources. They want to track you. And um, and then you're at the mercy of the system. You either take the mark of the beast, or you're you're working in the black market. Right. That's right. And folks, uh, of course, say, go ahead. We know as Christians that if you take the mark of the beast, folks, you've just signed your death warrant. There is no coming back from that. You've signed your eternal warrant to the pit. That's right. Amen. And it's already, those are already put in. I've talked to two different mothers at least ten years ago, more than ten years ago. They're both their sons, one of the Marines, one of the Army. Both of them are taking chips under their skin. God have mercy. 
I'll tell you something, folks. When Ron Brown, Secretary of Commerce's plane crashed over there in uh, the '95 or '96, and Ron Brown was on it, we had a we had a stewardess on that plane named Shelly Kelly. She was a flight attendant. She was sitting in the back. Yeah. The back third of the plane was intact. It was meekened off course, hit the mountain, and a chopper landed. And it's a long story, but the part I want to get to is. Shelly Kelly was walking around on the ground. She had a chip in her pocket, and they they imaged her out of a satellite and knew she was alive and walking around in 1995 or 96, and we knew she was alive. I had a Pentagon guy call a colonel friend of mine and tell him we knew she was alive, but she died three hours later of a slit femoral artery. I talked to the examining physician who examined most of that, Dr. Haas and Dr. Cogswell, who examined Ron Brown's head. And that girl was murdered because she saw Ron Brown get a dry ice bullet in his head because he had to be put out of his misery because he knew too much about the Clinton administration. The Clinton administration is importing all the foreign cops and all the foreign troops through Hillary and the shadow government. We can talk all about that. And the shadow government, and they had to get Ron Brown because he knew too much and he could bring down the Clinton administration and they couldn't take a chance on it because Bush, Clinton, Bush, and now Obama have sold the country out all these people are here. Well, I've never seen them, Al. Well, the Lord is my witness that on this day, at 900, or I'm sorry, at 2100 hours, on the 21st day of October of 2010, Al Cuppet on Omega Man Show told you this is going on, and it's here, and it's here now. Amen. It's upon us, folks. And uh, back to the issue of Bill Clinton, there was over 90, 100 people who died mysteriously. Oh, yeah. be a... Uh, a going tally called the Clinton body count from his bodyguards to Vince Foster. I mean, on and on it right. goes. Uh, well, you know, and they trace all that back to the days when Clinton was governor of um, Arkansas, Arkansas and they were running drugs in at the Mena Airport. Well, also, so, <laughs> go ahead, Bruce. It's Sorry, it's brother. pretty sick, brother. And uh, we're not seeing one at Clinton. Let me take Bush for example. Bush's grandfather was uh, Prescott Bush, right. who financed Adolf Hitler during World War II. That's right. With Brown Brothers Harriman. The Bush family was uh, partners with the Bin Laden Construction Company in Saudi Arabia. Okay? Right. And uh, while we're on the subject of the Bin Ladens, Osama Bin Laden, okay, whose uh, CIA code word was Tim Osman. All right? Uh, As far as I know, (laughs) I assume he exists because I've never met him. No no more. (laughs) We're still looking for him, aren't we? Uh, yeah, I don't know. See, he may be just a boogeyman for all I know, but supposedly Look, he, he's around. He was and dying he's got everybody of scared uh, to death. kidney failure, folks, before the Twin Towers were detonated with uh, thermite. Right. Um, the, the point I'm trying to make here is, oh, I know what I wanted to tell you. If you were to go over to FBI.gov right now, the FBI's website, you would expect to see the top ten uh, wanted criminals here, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they've, they've changed the name of Osama. His new name is USAMA, Usama. What's the irony of that? I don't know, man. <laughs> I tell you, folks, we're in dangerous times. We're in terrible times. And you better get out of bed in the morning. If you're a born-again believer, well, first of all, if you're not born again, it's going to be tough for you to even get saved. It's yes. going to be tough for you to even get saved. There is not enough power in the churches. You know, these old backsliders are coming back to the church. and They, they, they were kids back in 1960. They, their mother took them to the church, and they got saved, and they backslid, and I'll come back to the Lord when I get through sowing my oats and all that. 
They come back to the church now, and all they're hearing is garbage. Garbage in and garbage out. And they're not hearing anything. There's no conviction. There's no contrition. There's no preaching on sin. There's no preaching on hell. There's no, nothing sir. out there to be preached on. They're not preaching on anything. It's it's give me some money and let me build a Christian cathedral and go into bankruptcy, right? So uh, They just went into bankruptcy. Yeah, that's right what away. I'm saying. Right. So <laughs> the gospel is, is so weak. You know, the Bible says... He gave them power to become sons of God. It takes power to bring you from a sinful life into the glorious gospel of Jesus, into the glorious salvation born-again experience. You go to a church now, you're going to feel like, I better go up and serve the Lord, and, and you get told in your head there's not enough power from the Holy Spirit in that church because the Bibles have been perverted and the Spirit of God cannot work effectively. We now have a false gospel and a false Jesus in there, and you're not truly getting saved, and you get saved in your head, you're going to go to hell saving your head. You're not going to go to heaven because if you aren't born again and have a new birth experience that Paul talks about, that Jesus commands you must be born again. Amen. When you die, you're going to go to hell. You're going to be taken out of here by an evil spirit and hauled off to the pit. The angel Amen. of the Lord is not going to take you to heaven, and you're going to say, Lord, I went to church, I went to church, I went to church, and I, I thought I was saved. No, you're not saved. And the preachers are the ones that's doing it. Listen here, folks. I'm 72 years old. Now, I might not sound 72 years old, but I am. And I've been around, and I know what's going on. And I beat my head against a wall, and I went where I wasn't invited until one sister said, don't go where you're not invited, Al. That's the problem. I said, right, I ain't going, I'm not going to go where I'm not invited. Well, I was invited to come on this program, and you better get saved, and you that are saved, you better ask the Lord to get you out of that sack in the morning, and you better start praying. You better start praying and flipping that Bible open, that King James Bible, and read in that book and start praying. Pay your tithes to a King James church someplace, Amen. And you need to fast and pray, fast and pray, and ask the Lord what you need to be doing. And you don't need to be watching much television. Get off of that thing. Get out of the Internet, some of, most of it. Stay out That's of right. most of that Internet. Uh, you, Smith Wigglesworth was a prophet of God, and he raised many men from the dead, 23 to be exact. I don't believe that. Well, you don't have to believe it, but it's true. And he only read the King James Bible. He didn't even read the newspaper because most of the stuff in there, National International News, is lies. It's flat-out lies. And you are being brainwashed to the point you don't know reality from, from, from relevant fact, uh, from anything. You know, you don't know reality from anything. It's terrible, folks, and you, you're blinded. They have got every base covered, like trying to get the pills turned in. You know, get all the old, get all the old pills turned in so you won't have any pills to keep you alive. Amen. And, and if you can't stay alive, you won't be a problem to them, you know. Amen. Uh, Satan always counterfeits. Right. And he, or he corrupts and perverts. Um, you know, is, isn't that uh, like the devil, you know? That's why we're in the shape that we're in out there, because people are using a perverted Bible. That's right. It's a counterfeit uh, Bible, brother. It's a counterfeit Bible. I don't know about others, but uh, I get woken up at 3 a.m. Yep. in the morning. Me too. Me too. And my Bible talks to me. In fact, uh, I'll share a brief testimony. Right. Uh, about a week ago, Brother Al, I'm woken at around 3 a.m. in the morning, and I know that because I woke up, and the first thing I do is look at my clock. Right. That's what you should do. Amen. And uh, I looked around, and I thought I was coming under some kind of demonic attack, so I started pleading the blood of Jesus. And um, I went back to sleep. Well, it wasn't the devil. It was God trying to wake me up. Right. And uh second night rolls around, and lo and behold, I heard like something sound like a Morse code. And I'm a light sleeper. It was going beep, 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 beep. And I woke, and it's coming on my computer speaker. Mm. And I said, that's odd. I've never had it do that before. And... uh I looked at the clock. It was 3.10 a.m. And mm -hmm. I said, uh-oh, this is the second day in a row. Wait a minute. 
God's probably trying to talk to me. Amen, exactly. I reached for my King James Bible. I prayed, I let it fall open, and it fell open over to Isaiah 13. Uh oh, oh man. The desolation of Babylon, Brother Al. Yes, yes, yes. And it talks about um, judgment mm-hmm. on Babylon, the daughter of Babylon, and the Chaldees. And I said, God, what are you trying to say to me? Um, it's late in the game, isn't it? Yes. So what I did is uh, I went over to my computer, and I, I have the King James Bible on CD, and I went over to the book Isaiah, and I hit play, and fell back down in the bed. Now, it should have started at chapter 1. But it started at 13. At 13, brother. Yep. And I sat there, and I said, okay, God, I get the message. I went back to sleep. I awoke to Jeremiah 50 and 51 playing. No, that's the Babylon thing. Brother, America Babylon. And uh, I'll tell you something. Um, it's not good, folks, what goes down here. And uh, I said, wow. So I shot this message out to some friends, and I had Brother Rick Wiles of True News write me back. Mm-hmm. He said uh, God gave him a verse out of Haggai, and he gave it to me. And it's a parallel verse with Isaiah 13. We both got the same word. Mm-hmm. Uh, great shaking getting ready to take place, brother. Mm-hmm. And, uh, folks, uh, this means something special to me because, you know, God's already warned of the judgment that's coming on America. You know, he showed Dimitri Dudelman the nuclear attack that was coming on the cities that God looked at as they were Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, our president says that this is not an American nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, his mother-in-law is doing Santeria voodoo in the White House as we speak. Yeah. This nation has went to the dogs, Brother Al. Absolutely. It, We've it, got it, uh, it. Treaty for Open Skies. We've got foreign countries flying over doing observation. Right, and I'll tell you about that, folks. Let me tell you something. After 9-1-1, we found out there was a NATO AWACS flying over our country. Wait a minute, ladies and gentlemen. We've got 32 or 30 of those planes uh, out there. Why don't we use an American AWACS? Because all of these planes that Brother Shannon just talked about that are flying over, they have spoofer transponders up on board that spoof the civil radar. But they cannot spoof the AWACS radar. It's a down-looking radar. They can't, they can't spoof the, well, there's all kinds of radar on that plane, but they can't spoof the AWACS. So to use the NATO AWACS, because the NATO guys, if they see these strange planes all flying around in our airspace, they won't turn them in because they're not our friends. Those guys on there are not our friends. And by the way, we were speaking of Shelly Kelly in Croatia, there was a NATO AWACS, the theater AWACS, flying over Yugoslavia at that point in time was a NATO AWACS. And they would not tell our guys from Bindisi, Italy, our sea air rescue guys, where Ron Brown's plane had gone down until after the chopper came and picked up Shelly Kelly and killed Ron Brown with a dry ice bullet in his, in his noggin. And they flew off. The AWACS was a NATO AWACS, and they were told not to tell our SARS, they call it sea air rescue, where the plane was down until they had knocked off Ron Brown. So that's the deal on the AWACS. Wow. That's the truth. That's right. I know what that's I'm talking over. about. Been there and done that. Been there and done that. Folks, uh, Brother Al has been there and done that. Uh, Brother Al, you weren't born yesterday, and when you're talking about things that are going on with the military, you speak from experience all the way back to NAM. That's right. Well, I was, you know, I've been in 35 countries, and I've been in, I mean, the government sent me everywhere, and I've talked to these foreigners in their own language. I know what they're doing. I've seen them here. They're up and down the highways. They're here. Their equipment's here. 
They've got better equipment than any of our guys. They've got stuff hidden. You know, we. I had an Air Force friend of mine who had 13 years in an intelligence officer, and he, he called up one day on the phone, him and his wife, and they got saved. I prayed with them, they got saved. So they wanted to be baptized. So we, I met them in Garrett County, Maryland, and we took them and got them baptized. And uh, they went into the 4-H camp where I had seen this sign posted, one of these red list pickup spot signs. And they went back in there and photographed four armored personnel carriers, and they had a gas pump there, too, a brand-new gas pump. So I took the picture of it to the sheriff and a satellite map. Now, this intel officer got me, made me a satellite map and pointed out right where they were in the 4-H camp at Biddinger, Maryland, on, in, in route, uh, State Route 495. I said, hey, sheriff, you ever seen these? Oh, yeah, they're armed personnel carriers. I said, uh-huh. You know where they are? No. I said, well, they're 15 miles from this office. Where, in West Virginia? I said, no, no. They're up in Biddinger at the 4-H camp. Wow. He said, how'd they get there? I said, I don't know. You're the sheriff. <laughs> I said, here's the map. Go find them. They're up there, sheriff. Here's the pictures of them. They were up there in April of 2004. Now, whether they're there now or not, I said, sheriff, I'm going to tell you something. Garrett County, it snows 200 inches. It can snow 200 inches a year up there, okay? Last winter, they had 250 inches in just a short couple of weeks, and there are no ethnic minorities up there. It is cold. And no people up there who don't like to work don't go there. There are no, no people up there who don't like to work. You freeze to death if you can't cut wood up there, okay? If you don't cut wood, you'll freeze to death. It's in the Appalachian Highlands, and it gets cold. In fact, it, um, I've seen it 14 below up there when it was only uh, uh, 5 degrees here. It's 14 below up there. And so there are no ethnic minorities up there, okay? There are no terrorists up there. Alls up there are patriotic folks and Christians. And I said, Sheriff, these vehicles are to collect guns. These vehicles are anti-people vehicles. And they are to collect guns. And just down about 50 miles away in Camp Dawson, West Virginia, on the Cheat River, is a whole wad of those black choppers operating out of the back end of Camp Dawson. And is a, I went on Camp Dawson, and there is a... Off-limits sign there. There's an off-limits sign there. I can't go back there. Nobody, even the base commander probably can't go back there. Or he's told, he is told, you don't go back there. Nobody goes back there because these guys are operating out of there. And my cousin lives up there, and he knows. He's, he lives near there, and he, he photographs them coming out of there. Good grief. So we know they're there. We know they're at Quantico operating out of old Camp Getchy. I talked to the Marine guys one day. Uh, he said, we're the hotshot guys. We closed down the airport there at the Marine Corps Air Station at Quantico, let's say, 11 o'clock. We have to hang around for one whole hour, make sure nobody's coming in transient. He says, but there's guys flying out of the back of this base. We hear them back there. We hear these choppers going in and out. He says, they're not FBI choppers. They're not Navy choppers. They're not Marine choppers. We don't know who they are. I said, I'll tell you who they are. They're the spoofers that are flying for the New World Order, and they're flying the missions against American citizens day in and day out. Amen, right brother. Now, this has been going on for years. It has, right under the American public's noses. Right. And, uh, you know, folks, they're here, and when the uh, the alarm goes up, they're going to be activated, and they won't have to come over uh, the border. That's right. They already They could here. be in a apartment next to where you live right now. Yeah. I mean, I I've seen to... it myself on three occasions down here. i got a friend of mine who was a range officer at Quantico for three years. And they got Camp Upshoot, they got Camp Barrett, and I asked the Marine Guard, where's Camp Getchy? What, what camp gets you? Where's Camp Getchy? I said, what happened to Camp Getchy? 
I don't know. I said, well, I know Camp Getty was here. He doesn't. He's only been in Marine three years, okay? Wow. We talked to civilian. Yeah, Camp Getty's off limits. It's uh, it's still back there. It's not the, the ground is there, but it's off limits, and they're flying the choppers out of now. Don't the base commander know about it? I'm sure he knows. But guess what? He's been told. Well, that's terror and terrorist operations. It's above your pay grade. Don't you worry about it. You just you just keep your mouth and keep your nose out of there, and we'll take care of that. That's the shadow government, and these guys are operating in their own country. It's been going on for since '93 when they trained these guys at Westover Air Force Base. They trained them at Westover Air Force Base. These Chinese pilots. I can give you a hundred examples. A hundred. I've had them all over my house, all around my house, circle my house. You know, folks. I mean, uh, four neighbors have seen them. You know. What is the reason for bringing in foreign troops? Because when they are given an executive order, right, they go house to house, search and seizure, and confiscate right. your firearms and your excess food and your wife and your daughters. Yep. And you do not comply. They have orders to shoot. And shoot, yeah. A foreigner has no problem pulling the trigger That's right. on an American. That's why they're going to use foreign nationals to come in. Um, yeah. What about the, if my memory served me correctly, Brother Al, did not uh, Clinton authorize, uh, was it Takarovs? Okay, yeah, I'll tell you what it was. <clears throat> All right. I heard a broadcast back in, let's see, it was the 14th day of December of 1994, said that the president had authorized the import of 700,000 Makarov 9mm times 18 pistols. 700,000. I heard it myself. Now, I've been logging all this stuff down since 92, two years' worth. I'm thinking, uh-oh, Soviet order battle requires a pre-positioning of supplies and equipment prior to offensive operations. Right. So I'm thinking, here's the peacekeeper sidearms coming in ahead of time. So maybe if we look around and the Lord shows us, maybe we'll have a second intelligence indicator. Now, these are intelligence indicators. You're not going to have an affidavit signed by Bill Clinton that he's shipping in 700,000 Makarov pistols for U.N. troops. Of course not. So a week later, in the Daily Progress Associated Press, I got the clipping. I put it on a video back way back. Redstone Arsenal received a secret delivery in an AN-124, a drop of 124. It's big as a C-5A. And by the way, they've got one bigger than the C-5 now with six engines, okay? Really? Bigger than the C-5. It's got six engines. They flew into Redstone Arsenal. They couldn't land at Redstone. It was too small. They landed at Huntsville. And the guy said, well, there was not one single item. It is secret. Yeah, you dumbo. They're shipped in about 150 or 200,000 Makarov pistols, and the others are coming in on two more planes. And they're going to assign them to the U.N. troops, sure enough. Well, wow. Denver, I'm speaking out there for the Prophecy Club. Now, see, the Lord told me, folks, call on me and I shall answer thee and show thee great and mighty things that I know it's not. It jumped out of the page, just like Brother Shannon has been saying. It jumps out of the page at me, and I'm thinking, wow, they're gonna, you're going to show me something, Lord? Yeah, but, son, it might not be pleasant things. Oh, whoa, whoa. Oh. Didn't think about that. Jeez, God, you have know? mercy. So this cop walks up to me. Ow we got a problem out here in Denver. I says, what? He says, we got cops around here with black uniforms. And on these black uniforms, he says, they got badges that say International Crimes Enforcement Police. Now, I read that badge. Oh. I read that name off the list a while ago. And he says, they're here with federal ID cards. And they got SLOV stickers on their car, Slovenia. And we'll talk yep. about the National Guard letter prior to that. He says, and they got... Honorary pro-counsel on their plates. You look up what pro-counsel means. You, look up, you guys get a dictionary and look up pro-counsel. Pro-counsel rules over somebody, okay? 
That's right. And it says at the diplomatic plate, we can't stop them, Al. They got black uniforms. They 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 speak with accents. And he says, Al, I'm into guns. He says those guys are have Makarov pistol holsters on their hips. Makarovs. I said, uh-oh, there's the pistols. It took them four years to get them from Redstone Arsenal to Denver, Colorado. And the National Guard Bureau came out in 1994 with a letter. They're going to be Partnership for Peace Troops, PFP, in Slovenians in Colorado. Well, that's where Denver is, Slovenia, yep. S-L-O-V. You know? That's and right. They, you know why, folks? Because these are the sidearms they train with. Right. Okay, they need right. to be proficient in using them. That's why they preposition them here. They take them apart, and they can take them apart in the dark, and they can. And tell you what, the cop told me this. He says, "Al, he says that bullet is nine millimeter times eighteen cartridge is eighteen long." He says, "Their their cartridge will fire in our nine millimeter Luger cartridge, which is nine millimeter times nineteen. Their cartridge can be put if they capture one of our our Berettas off our soldiers." They can shoot their bullets in it. He says, but you can't shoot the Luger bullet, the 9mm bullet for the Beretta. You cannot shoot it in a Makarov. It'll jam. It won't come loose because it's got one more millimeter. It'll hang right. up in the chamber. It will not extract. So they've got it made so they can shoot our bullets in their guns if they need them. Amen. And let me add something here. And I speak from experience, folks. as a federal firearms dealer. Uh, I will tell you that the ATF and the federal government do not import guns, okay, uh, to be sold to the American market. No. In fact, if I wanted to bring something in as an importer, uh, there's only so much you're allowed. It's not easy to do this. These were not being brought in to be sold to the American public. No, and they weren't registered or nothing. There was no registration on them whatsoever. You know, and while we're talking about uh, armament, uh, I found this off of Quell's site. There was somebody wrote in to Steve Quell, and I'm going to read a short paragraph. It says, uh, I'm a police officer in the southeast. We have had surplus M14s and 45 autos on loan to us from the Army for years. Mm -hmm. Each year, the chief has to inventory them and send the results to the Army. So this year, he was required to physically take the weapons to a depot for hands-on inventory. Mm -hmm. There were many police departments there where surplus uh, Army issue with there with their surplus Army issued weapons, um, having them inventory. He says they were all told that they would have to give the weapons back to the Army in the near future and that they would be making arrangements to have them picked up. Mm -hmm. I thought this was kind of interesting. Yep, uh, they're, de-arming, they're disarming people. They're disarming people. I'm telling you, folks, Clinton Clinton made the, the guard back in the 90s turn in all their ammunition and turn in their machine guns. I talked to one guy from Fort Irving, California. He said, we're driving around in the desert out here with this wooden machine gun on top of the armored personnel carrier. got a wooden machine gun. God have mercy. Yeah. Um, okay, here's another one. It says... Uh, person wrote in and said, I had dinner three nights ago with a group of local Republicans who hosted a candidate yep. for state senate here in Oklahoma. That's one, of the, yeah. one of the attendees was a U.S. Marshal. He had been on for over 25 years, and after finding out that I was a retired Tulsa Police Department officer, he said that the Marshal Service had an order that he had never seen or heard of. He said none of the guys he worked with had ever seen such an order, but basically hundreds of U.S. Marshals are being ordered to in-service training. Mm-hmm. And when they get there, they they were told that they have to turn in their issue firearms. Yeah, and they're told hey, wait a minute, Bruce, hold it. Yes, sir. You guys are the U.S. Marshals out there and FBI agents. You carry two guns with you all the time. You put you a you put you a, a nine millimeter Beretta with fifteen round staggered magazine in one coat pocket under one arm on one shoulder, 
And when they come and take your service weapon, you turn into them, and then you then you ain't then you are still an American citizen. <laughs> uh, amen. You know because they're they're being said so go that they've got to go in the for. Um, read the rest of that, Bruce and uh, uh, Bruce Shannon, and we'll uh, we'll we'll talk about what's going to happen. It says they would have to turn in their issue firearms uh, in the this in in service training is going to be at least a two week or longer period. Um, while others have been told that uh, they're not sure how long they're going to be there, right? Uh, they might what's going on there, brother? They might. What's going to happen is they're going to incrementally disarm, or they're trying to see if the Americans will go along with it. If they're dumb enough to go along with it, you see, the federal police, our federal officers and constabulary, it's called, whether it be a FBI. Uh, Border Patrol, whether it be sheriffs, whether it be police department, whatever, they're being fed a line of stuff that matches what they see on television. And they're going to be duped into giving in their weapons. And one day there's going to be a bloodbath because that that foreign cop is going to shoot that U.S. Marshal as soon as a time comes, as a time as the word is given, his guy that he's working with him. I was down in Phoenix, and the cop says to me, Al, we got... Twelve Russians on our police force that they the Project Harmony guys that they brought in. Now, remember, I told you about the Project Harmony guys. He said, and there's twelve cops too many on our police force, but we can't do nothing about it because they're here. They're being brought in, just like the ones in Denver. They got these guys up there, and they're working along with our with our American guys, and they are there for no good. And they don't need to be trained over here. They know the, the Soviets know how to police. Believe me, they don't. They don't have to come to any American training facility. They already know how to police. They've had fifty or sixty or seventy years experience. You know more than that. They've had experience since nineteen seventeen. You know, that's right, brother. Amen. And they were uh, they were still doing that after the uh, the wall went up in Berlin. Yeah, and we actually imported some of those guys. Uh, over here to actually consult with Homeland Security folks. Yeah. And, you know, uh-huh. I got, I, I've got i got a second cousin who just graduated from the FBI Academy. His son just graduated from the, second, from the FBI Academy. And this second cousin of mine would not listen to a thing I said to him or a thing his first cousin said to him. Wouldn't listen to us. We, we were, just, were just weirdos, wackos. You know, we're just country bumpkins. And he's got a boy now in, in the FBI. I've kept two FBI agents informed. I keep sending them stuff in the mail. I won't tell what their names are. I just send it to them. I know where they are. I've met them. I've talked to them. One of them has been to my house. By the way, when I went up to uh, New York in uh, April of 97, I went up there, and uh, we were passing out some information at a place called Cedarhurst, which is just outside of New York City in uh, Long Island, Nassau County. And... uh, Sure enough, we got stopped by the police. Uh, we showed a kid this, and he needed to tuck this to the rabbi, so we took it to the rabbi. <clears throat> and uh, we didn't get to the rabbi. We got to talk to the, Dr. V, who's at the yeshiva school, and uh, we showed him all the information. And my buddy Tom says, uh, he's not believing us, Al. He didn't. He ran to the rabbi. Well, he hadn't heard our, the rabbi hadn't heard our spiel, and he saw the piece of paper that I'd been sending out with the concentration camps on the back, and about the letter I wrote to Netanyahu, and Bobby Brown's reply back from Israel. Next thing you know, we were stopped by the police. Seven cop cars. Here they are, seven, okay? Mr. Cover, you passing this out? Yeah. You're scaring the people. I said, that's all the truth, man. That's all truth. I'd had a couple pictures of uh, two concentration camps 
and I was standing there in a coffee shop, and this Jewish Orthodox guy says, "What's that, Auschwitz?" I said, "No, man, that's that's Las Vegas Vitz." I said, "This one here." I said, "That is Indianapolis Vitz." <laughs> yeah, what? He did a backtrack, man. He started backing out of there. So the cop stopped, him, and he says, "He said we got to check you out." I said, "Okay." I said, "By the way, you cops know what's going on?" No. I said, "Look here. You see this ID card?" I said, "That's Secretary of Defense." I said, you see this one? I said, that's 21 years in the Army. I said, this is my pilot's license. I said, come over here. I'm going to show you some pictures. So I had eight cops out of seven cars standing around me, and I'm giving them a tutorial, you know. And finally he comes up and says, Mr. Covet, you guys can leave now. Uh, you haven't done nothing wrong, but, you know. I said, okay, thanks. I said, tell you what we'll do. We're just going home then. We, we just get on out of here. We, you know, we we wore our welcome out. No, 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 don't go home yet. Huh? Oh, you need to go home yet. I said, why not? Well, somebody else might want to talk to you. Oh, somebody else. Well, this guy's a sergeant with the Nassau County Police. He's interrogated me. He's called up on me. The car ain't stolen. I don't have a criminal record. He says, somebody else might want to talk to you. Well, he's the cop. He's the cop on the street. Why would anybody else want to talk to me? Okay, I said, okay, thanks. I said, where are you going now? I says, we're going over to Borough Park <laughs> to tell the rest of the Jews, okay? <laughs> and so we got mixed up and got out the wrong way on Long Island Parkway and, or Long Island Expressway. And we went back across uh, the Veranzano Bridge and uh, Gothel's Bridge. And we we didn't get turned. We was on 78, and we didn't get turned down uh we didn't get turned down the, the down down New Jersey Turnpike, and we got late back to the motel in East Brunswick, New Jersey. It was dark, so I had this little green diesel rabbit. Kind of, it stands out because there's not many of them around anymore. And so we drive into the motel, and I'm thinking I'll park behind this motel and go in the back door. Uh, for some reason, I decided not to park out in the front. So I park, I couldn't find the back door, so I parked the car. I'm looking for the back door of the motel. No. So I said, I'll find the back door. I'll go in the front door and walk down the hall. I know I can find the back door that way. Well, as I started in, I started upstairs to get my bags, and I saw this funny-looking police car come easing through the breezeway. I said, hey, look at that. That's not a Jersey State policeman. They got a they got a upside-down triangle, uh, triangle, yellow triangle. I said, what's that face? I can't read that. I don't know what it says. I said, man. See, going down the road, Tom had been praying. He says, the Lord says, flee the city. I said, what? I heard three words, flee the city. I says, sounds good to me, Bubba. It's time we got Let's out go. of here. <laughs> so we started. So so I said, we grabbed our bags and checked out. We'd already paid $45 at the, at the Motel 6 in East Brunswick, New Jersey. Out the back door we went, hey, man, how are we going to get by that guy? There's no way to get by him. There's only one place. We started around, and sure enough, here was this little one-way street that went, little one-way street that went out to the main drag, and we zipped out that main street, and, buddy, we went down a New Jersey turnpike as fast as we could go. We hit one I-175. We turned over towards Trenton, I think it was, and we headed home to Virginia. We got Amen. home about 4 o'clock in the morning. Hey, man, they <laughs> got a lot of mafia was, up there, brother. Somebody was coming to talk to us at about 3 o'clock in the morning. Somebody was Ooh. there, and they weren't any police car we'd ever seen, and we couldn't even read what it said on the side. God have mercy. So well, that's you, what the Lord said, flee the city. You know, <laughs> cop, uh, yeah. amen. And uh, people are saying, you know, what do we do? Well, folks, that's the reason uh, you want to be stay covered with the blood of Jesus. You want amen. to be in your King James Bible? Amen. 
And the Lord can wake you up at 3 a.m. Right. And tell you to have your bag packed and go. You can flip that Bible open, and it'll say, like, I'll tell you what, you know, uh, well, it, it can it can guide you, you know. I can look up, uh, hold on a second here. I'll look up something for you. Okay, hang on. We, we, he would, I've had it happen several times. I, uh, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to a live broadcast with Brother Al Cuppet. Uh This is uh, Omega Man Radio Network, and we're going to have this up on the archives and MP3 after the program. Brother Al, now you're doing a show um, with the Freedom Network, is that correct? Yeah, it's uh, Freedom Fighters for America. Uh, when can people tune into that? Uh, you can tune in on Monday night at or Tuesday night at 8 o'clock, or you can get it. It's all up on there. Uh, you don't have to, you really don't have to uh, uh, be uh, be live to hear it. Uh, but you can you can uh, tune it in, and, and you can look on there. There's about about 60 programs posted up there. And you can, their audio, you, can, you don't need a high-speed computer to hear them. Their audio, I don't think. You just tune them in to hear them, you know. Amen. Awesome. By the way, folks, I was... I had bought some land in Virginia, and I was considering moving down here in 1989, 88. And it says, and one morning I woke up and I was praying. It says, go up to the mountain and bring wood and build a house. And I would take pleasure in it. I said, what? Build a house? Oh, jumped out of the page, you know. So I went to work that day, and Brother Rob says, hey, Alex, uh, that's my name is Alex before. You know, the Lord said, now. I says, huh? What now? He said, tell you to now. Now, wait, are you planning on doing something? Yeah, I'm, I'm figuring we'll sell the house. Well, do it now. So in January of 89, we started preparing, and sure enough, we sold the house in June, and one month, uh, I'm sorry, two weeks later, the, the housing market went zip downhill. Wow. And that's what the Lord showed me. And the Lord can wake you up and say, uh, like he said to Jeremiah, uh, uh, dig a hole through the wall and get your stuff ready for, for leaving, you know. It's in there. And you can you can see right out of the Bible. That's one of the ways he can talk to you. If you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, he can talk to you very easily. You can hear his voice. And you don't even have to be baptized in the Holy Ghost to hear him speak. I can tell you that right now. He can speak to you. I was praying for a sermon one time back in 19... Oh, I was going to preach my first sermon. I've been saved about six months, and I don't know what to do. And I started praying and praying, and I prayed and prayed, and all of a sudden, white raiment. What? White raiment. I heard the words white raiment. Wow. I thought it was R-A-I-N-M-E-N-T, like a raincoat, you know, some kind of raincoat you wear to keep them dry. And so I looked in my Bible. I looked it up. White raiment's in Revelation 3, 5. I preached a message on it. Two people got saved. Oh. I said, hey, look at this. this. Now, the Lord could have given me the whole story. Now, on the, on the video, Th- Twin Brothers Church, I show you a diagram of how the word is translated, transcribed from heaven to earth. And uh, I show you how the Lord brings the Holy Spirit down into your spirit and how he transcribes it. Not translates it. He transcribes it from heaven to earth, okay? It comes down from the heaven right straight to your spirit. And the Lord can give you the whole book if he wants to, but he could have given me more than two words, but I only needed two words. The Lord doesn't give you any more miracle than you need. He only gives you just what you need for that moment. And that's why he wants to build your faith. Now, when I was praying about Ron Brown's bullet hole, I had a, I had some of the photographs that uh, Steve Colonel Cogswell had taken, Dr. Cogswell had taken to Ron Brown's head, 
And I was praying about it. I said, what's that, what's that bone plug doing in his skull? And I'm walking around after I got through praying, and all of a sudden I heard, ice bullet. I said, what? Oh, dry ice bullet. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yes. Dry ice bullet. The FBI told us how they could assassinate you with a, a frozen cryogenic bullet they make out of wad cutter, put it in a bullet, in a gun, and keep it cold, and blow your brains out with it, and you're dead, and there's no more ballistics. There's a little hole in your head, but there's no ballistics. All it is was dry ice, and ice, in 20 minutes, the ice dried up and went away, you know? So yes, wow. that's how the Spirit of God can speak to you. And he can speak other ways. And on, on Pearls to the Very Elect, which uh, Davis Motion Pictures, I want to tell you, it was Shannon's, uh, uh, Shannon, it was his funding that did that. I didn't do all these books and all these videos that I got and gave them all away. Somebody else paid for them. Every, I just gave them away. The Lord gave me free. I gave them away. You know, Brother, like, yeah. we didn't make a dime off of that. We did no, that we to warn we the people and wake them up, right? Boy, I'm telling you, brother, the, those three videos have gone around the world. I mean, that one of them, I am versus the New World Order. I am vs. the New World Order. That one lady in South Africa is running them off and sending them to all the preachers, you know? Amen. So that, that was... Uh, I think I think uh, Davis Motion Pictures spent about seven grand. I'm not sure how much they spent. Somewhere around there to produce all that. But those those things are going around, and somebody put them on the internet. They're all over the place. Yes, absolutely. You can see them, folks, up at uh, YouTube and Google Video. Yeah. And uh, if you want a hard copy, write Brother Al. We'll get some more runoff for you. Right. Um, Brother Al, if someone wanted to uh, get a hold of you, send yeah, you some just, information, just write one make a donation copy. to you to do the research, uh, yeah, how just, can they contact you? Yeah, just P.O. Box 111, Wolftown, Virginia, 22748. You can write Al Cup at Wolftown, Virginia, W-O-L-F, like Big Bad Wolf. You don't even need to put a zip code or a box number. The post office is only 12 by 8 feet, so, you know, uh, it's there. And uh, I'll send you a letter and tell you how you did get this, or, or I'll tell you how to send you the information. And I won't give my email address out over the Internet. That's, I get too many emails now. But uh, I will send you um, the information one way or another. I'd like a little postage. You send me a little postage. I don't. I'm not trying to make any money, man. I'm a nonprofit organization, big time. <laughs> Amen. Hey, uh, I, don't, I, I don't have two thousand staffers like James Dobson. But then again, the church doesn't need a psychologist. The church needs you filled and baptized in the Holy Ghost and speaking Amen. in unknown tongues and being prophesying and speaking and getting the message of word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, or praying for the sick. That's what the Lord needs you doing, but you've got to have the right tools to get yourself up to spiritual speed to where you can do those things the old saints did years ago. Amen. And uh, speaking of praying for the sick, uh, I want to uh, ask people again to keep, to keep praying. Many people have already been doing that. We've been praying, in fact, uh, even last night, Brother Al, uh, we prayed for your son Ronald, who's an airline oh, pilot. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Give us an update on his eye. Well, i tell you what. strange thing happened. Uh, my buddy called me. He said, you need to call up and rebuke that thing. See, the first two fellows that did it, the thing went away. The thing went away. This this bump, this lump went away completely. Yes. Then, it, for some reason, it came back. Now, the Lord knows why. And it's become. And I prayed last night with him. And that is like my brother told me. He said, "Pray, tell it to shrink in Jesus' name." Well, they're going to give him some stuff that's going to shrink it, and it, it it works nine times out of ten. They weren't going to do it yesterday or the day before, the day before, weeks before, but now they are. So that's a miracle in itself. Now you say, why didn't God just do it supernaturally like the first time? I don't know. 
My son's got to learn a few things, you know. He's got to learn a few things. He's got to learn a few things. Uh, he thinks Christianity, some of the most he says, when you get saved, Christianity being born again is not a spectator sport. You can't just sit still on your duff. You'll backslide, sure as the world, if you decide to sit still. You've got to be active in the kingdom. You've got to be doing something, and you've got to be proactive, not just reactive. You've got to be moving out for the Lord. You've got to be doing something and getting up and praying and say, Lord, what shall I do today? Flip your Bible open. If you can't hear him say what to do, then he'll tell you from the Word, if it's the King James. Now, if you're using the phony Bible, it ain't, it's not going to talk to you. It is not going to talk to you. It will not talk to you. It does not match what's settled in heaven. Therefore, the Holy Spirit cannot jump the words out of the page. That's, that's the only way I can explain it, Bruce. Is that how you explain it? Amen, brother. And um... Try to explain how that works. I, I just, the, 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 the verse just gets really dark and bright or something. I, I don't care how you, how you do it, what do you call it? People, it's true. I mean, uh, God can speak to you through a dream, a vision, a prophet. Right. If he wanted to, he could literally call you. He has your telephone number, as one person said. Right. But, um, you know, the truth of it is, he's speaking many times. It says a man lays on his bed, and God speaks once, twice, three times, yet man comprehendeth it not. Uh, you know, we're so busy. Yeah, he, okay. he called, he called, Bruce, uh, Shannon, he called to Samuel. He called him Samuel and said, Samuel. And Samuel ran to Levi three times. He said, I didn't call you, Samuel. Go back to bed. And third time, the same. If you hear that, you say, "Here I am, Lord." You know, "Here I am, Lord." And so, you know, you can hear. So, go ahead. Amen. And so, uh, what's special about three a.m. in the morning? Sometimes that's the only time God can get our attention. Right. It's quiet. Sure. It's really Amen. quiet. You get woken up three a.m. in the morning. Uh, get on your knees. Get your word and ask God, "What would you have me to know right now?" And uh, yeah. He can speak to you that way. I, you um, know, but, Shannon, I'll tell you what happened to me. I yes, was sir. talking to this lady down at, uh, at a, I used to, back in 93, 94, I was trying to help out a political campaign, which was a good idea at that time. It's not anymore because they tried to have me arrested. <laughs> <laughs> but this gal was there named Paula. And I said, hey, you and your friend, I want to show you something. You, she had this word praise on her car, on her tag number, right? Well, I said, see how much you know. So I started talking to her about the King James Bible, about the numerics of Scripture, and I talked to her about 17 and, and uh, 4 and all these numbers. About two hours, I said, I tell you what, you go home, and if, if the you ask the Lord when you go to bed tonight, if this guy uh, is telling me the truth, this guy with a ball hat on with the army stripes on it is telling me the truth, <laughs> you wake me, Lord, at. I'm saying, you pick a time. You pick an hour and a minute, and you make sure you've got a digital clock. You digital Amen. Clock. I said, and when, that, when you get woke up, you take a look at that clock. Man, Brother Shannon, in the morning it was ringing. That phone was ringing at eight o'clock. I said, "What in the world's going on?" Al, it's Paula. Yeah, I told the Lord if He sent you. I said, well, "I thought it was I told you that if it was true." He said, "I asked the Lord if He sent you that He would wake me at four seventeen. And wow! And you don't have to say it out loud. You just say, "Lord, wake me at." Don't say it. Just think it. God can read your thoughts. And. If you think the devil can read your thoughts, that's up to you. He can't, but uh, unless you're a sinner, okay, unless you're an evil, unless you're a sinner, unless you're unsaved, unless you've got an evil spirit in you, you've got an evil spirit in you, he can read your thoughts. And anyhow, she said, he woke me at 417, and it wasn't a potty call. I got out of bed, and I started praying because I knew what you told me for two hours was surreal. And her and her husband now have learned all about this stuff, and he sent me the nicest little wooden box, a wooden box about a foot square, 
uh, he was he was he was a, a cabinet maker. He sent me this real nice wooden handmade box with with a velvet lining, and I keep my my clippers in there, my hair clippers in there. <laughs> and she now knows she the Lord. He says if he asks for a stone, he not he asks you for bread. He not give you. He won't give you a stone. If you ask for a fish, he won't give you a scorpion. He wants his children to know what's going on. So yeah. ask him. But when you ask him and he tells you something, you guess you know what? You gotta you gotta act upon it and you gotta if you ask in truth and he gives it to you and truth gives it to you, you cannot disobey that. You gotta do it. You gotta do what he told you if he told you something to do. You can't go asking God to tell you what to do and then you not do it when he shows you. Amen. You can't get away that'll get you you don't want to get in trouble with the Lord for that. Now he he likes he loves us first and foremost. But when he tells us something to do and we ask him what to do and then we don't do it, that's disobedience. That's, that's right. flat out iniquity. You don't want to be doing that. So get in the the more you read the King James, the more read it out loud. Read it out loud. You know, for God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son. You know, you know why it says begotten in there, folks? First of all, if you read it out loud, you can see it, you can hear it, and you can talk it with all three senses. You can see it with your eyes, you can hear it with your ears, and your tongue is speaking it, and you can remember it easier. Read it out loud. You know, go out there, if you're going to wake your husband or your wife up, go out there and get under a blanket and, and get a light and read the thing, you know. But read Amen. it out loud so you can remember it. And, Amen. And because it, it works, and, and uh, you, those words become real, and the, you start learning, and the more you know the nature of God, the quicker you can hear his voice, the more scripture you learn, the quicker he can speak to you. And I've heard him speak many times, and almost always it's in the King James English, especially if there's a, a verse in the Bible, that says a verse in the Bible that matches, the, 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 and you know, you say, what are all these funny words in the Bible? Why is all these strange, why does he say... Uh, uh, under the sun, under the sun, under the sun, under the sun, you know, 27 times or 28 times in one, one chapter in the Bible. Because there's a numerical count in there. And he, he uses there's, there's strange things. You know, King Saul is only found one time, Brother Shannon. The word King Saul is only found one time. One word. What, two words. King Saul. Okay? Really? Yep. It means new beginning. Eight is new beginning, right? Yes. Well, Saul was the new beginning. He was the first king. That's why King Saul is found exactly one time with eight letters. Okay? And so that's how the miracles, one of the ways the miracles works. But you need to start reading that book and reading that book. And the more you read it, the smarter you get and the more you know about the Lord and the less dumb things you do out of ignorance. And you've got to get guidance and you're going to need guidance now. You're going to have to say, Lord, please. Show me the way. Holy Spirit, guide me. Holy Holy Spirit, guide me, guide me, guide me, please, in the name of Jesus, because I need help, because you're going to need it. You're going to need some guidance. When, them, when that chopper's coming, you know, it says on there, if you're out in the field, don't go back to the house and get anything. If you're in the housetop, don't go in the house and try to get something. You get your rags and move out, man, because Amen. these choppers come in one minute. Here they come, man. They don't take long to get there. And you better be up and moving, you know. That's why the Lord said that. Now we didn't know what that meant back then when they said, uh, "Don't if you're in, he that's on." It's talking in Revelation. I mean, it's in Matthew 24 and Luke 21, I think, and Mark 13. It talks about don't go back into the house. You don't have time. You're not gonna have time. You've got to flee. You got to be ready to go, you know. And this is coming down. And if you don't listen, you're gonna have to go to heaven the hard way. You're going to have to go to heaven the hard way. If you want to go that way, okay, that's fine. 
but if you want to see your your wife mutilated or something like that, or your husband mutilated, and they screaming at you to recant the Lord Jesus, then you better flee to another city, like the Bible says. Flee to another city. You know. Amen. You got to be prepared, and you guys up north, it's cold up there. It says pray that your flight not be in winter, because if it's cold, man, you don't want to be. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to live up in places like Minnesota. And, you know, that's that's why they put a lot of these concentration camps, they put them all down the southern states because because it's warmer down there. You know, they don't have, they don't have to heat them so much. Brother, well, I'll tell you, I honestly believe that, yeah, go ahead. that the fireworks are getting ready to go off. Uh, for the last yeah. four months, I have been seeing two numbers every day. And what I mean by that is, I even saw it tonight, Brother Al. I yeah. look at a clock. It'll be uh, my laptop, or it'll be this clock I have here on my desk, or I'll be going down the, the road and I'll see it on my dashboard clock. I've been seeing... Nine one one hmm. or three three three. I saw nine eleven tonight, mm-hmm. and I'm saying, you know, God, what's going on? And then He woke me with the Isaiah thirteen the other night. He's shaking the heavens, yeah. And you know, uh, the destruction of Babylon. I believe the fireworks getting ready to go off. They're going to pull you know, another one. Sure, this world. They got to pull something in the next three months. Three brothers have seen a lot of catastrophic stuff in the next three months. And it is it is definitely one buddy said nothing happened on ten ten ten. Yeah, the Vatican did something on ten ten ten. I had a Jewish lady send me an email today. They pulled something with the gold over there. Uh, wow. Ten ten ten. So uh, I don't know. I just know that three prophets of God aren't wrong. Three different guys said the same thing, and it's looking really bad between now and the first day of eleventh uh, day or in, in the middle of January. Brother, there's a verse over in Jeremiah eight twenty. It says, "The harvest is past. The summer has ended." And uh, we are not saved. We're not saved. Yeah, we're not saved. Uh, I've known for some years that there was uh, going to be uh, a year coming that uh, we would probably see the fall of America start in the fall. Now, I don't know, folks, if it's this year. God hasn't given me a date. But uh, all I'm telling you is is um, there's too much going on to take it for granted. The price of silver and gold is going right. crazy. That's right. U.S. Marshals are getting caught up. Uh, people are, are seeing a lot of movement of uh, heavy military hardware and aircraft. Um, I get a lot of these updates off of Quell's site and, of course, Brother Al Cuppet. And um, we just need to be watching and praying that maybe we may be a counterword to escape all these things. That's man. That's what the Bible says. Be and I'll tell you something else. Uh, the dollar is going down, folks. And uh, there is a day you're going to wake up. It'll be like those in Argentina. Mm-hmm. They woke up and uh, their money was frozen. Yeah, and what they had the night before was now devalued to fifty percent of the value of the previous day. Yeah, and if uh, you want to know what investment to make, invest in Israel right now. Yeah, and you better buy something tangible that keeps you warm, keeps you full, or your stomach full, keeps you warm or safe or dry or something. You better, you better, you better. If you're sandbagging dollars, they're going down the tubes. Invest in the widows, the poor, the orphans, and uh, bless Israel. And the uh, Lord will take, and the Lord will take care of your needs when the time comes. Amen. Because you've went to God, and God will repay. And he doesn't uh, forget. That's right. And God cannot lie. He's not a man that he shouldn't lie, but he watches over his word to perform it. Yeah. Uh, you know, so praise God. Any updates um, from Brother Golden over in Israel? Well, it looks bad over there, and I'm, I'm worried about a two-pronged attack coming out of uh, Syria and Lebanon. And that was warned by Brother Bob, and it's been now looked like they're going to come out of Syria and Lebanon, and the Lord's going to have to intervene. It's going to be, like my brother said, and he said very reverently, I got off a war over there. And oh I believe goodness. it's going to happen. Nevertheless, we know that one-third of Israel, one-third of Israel, whoever's over there, is going to be spared. And so uh, it, 
Only 13 percent. Um, only, only, only. There's going to be 57 percent of the born again Christians going to perish here, folks. I want to tell you now. Wow. And we're going to lose 87 percent of our our Jewish friends because they're going to sit here and and not go not not uh, and not go back. And uh, they're going to lose 100 percent of them in Europe because they're tracking by DNA. They can track Hebraic and Judaic DNA. You better make Aliyah, folks. I'm telling you, we've been telling you since 1999. God have mercy. That is the truth. Um, you know, when the time to act comes, the time to prepare is over with, people. Yeah. We need to get spiritually prepared, number one, and then ask God what he'd have you to do. Right. And, um, you know, wake wake yourself up first and then go uh, get your brothers and sisters alerted. I want to tell you something, folks. There's one thing you can't have too many of in a cold climate is matches. Amen to that. The matches, you need containers. Containers I've seen overseas where people carry water in a, in a plastic jug. A one-gallon plastic jug is a lifeline. Brother, plastic I've seen a, jugs. A, a probably all of the Bear Grylls, Man vs. Wild series. You know, he's out there surviving in the different climates. And I'll tell you one thing he needs is clean water and a, yep. a flint and still. <laughs> yep. You tell you what, they got one of these things that will magnify... For reading, if you can put it on a piece of page and it magnifies it like it's about big as a piece of paper. Yeah. It's it's a magnifying glass, only it's flat. Okay. And it's got little round circles in it, you know. Man, you can take that thing outside. They got them called pyromagnet, but I bought one the other day. Really? At Walmart. It was it's 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 a square. It looks like a a flat piece of plastic. Okay. But it but but you put it on paper and pull it away. It makes the paper magnify like a big old magnifying glass. Yes. You take that outside in the sun, and in one second, you can smoke a piece of a wood or will catch on fire in one second. And what, Man, I like that. Don't you dare put it on your finger. Don't you ever put your hand under that bright that bright spot. Ooh. It'll burn your hand right now. It'll make the wood smoke. In two seconds, the wood will start smoking. Good so you can you know, start a, you can, Even in the wintertime, you can start a fire in bright sunlight with that thing, especially at 12 o'clock. Well, you know, you could go through a... Uh, a metal detector with that, and they won't take that. That's right. It's just it might take bad. a lighter from you, but you'll be okay with that. And you can put it in your backpack, stick it in your backpack, and you can start a fire any place. Keep yourself warm. Amen to that. Also, they have these little magnesium flint things. You can buy them for three or four bucks. You strike them with a knife blade, strike the flint. You shave off some magnesium in a little pile, and you strike a flint in it, and it catches on fire just like that. Yeah. And you need Ziploc bags of all sizes. And if you have a, let's say you get a can of Hershey's chocolate, and it's got a yellow, uh, it comes with a yellow plastic top on it. If you zip, when you finish it off, zip out the top and keep put the plastic top on it, put it up on a shelf. You'd be surprised how many times in the past couple of years I have used some of these containers. Uh, you might have to give somebody something, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe just a, uh, now maybe a, maybe just a little uh, another thing. Iodized salt is very important. Iodized salt it keeps forever. Yes. And plumber's candles are two inches high and an inch and three quarter wide. They won't fall over. You can get plumber's candles and they'll burn and burn and burn and they won't fall over. They're they're they're, they're over square, and they won't fall over. And you got you want a candle that won't fall over and it'll burn and burn and burn. <clears throat> so you're you talking about hardware store. <laughs> some things like lighting, uh, something that will allow you to have some heat. Yeah. Um, what do you do to, for for water? Well, you can you can, if you work now, you can get water for purification pills, or you can go down and buy yourself a, a twenty dollar Rubbermaid, uh, one of these good quality forty gallon 
buckets with a top on it, put it beside your downspout, and get you one of these. You don't even have to have a, a the little spout that you put on there. You can cut your spout and bring the uh, bring the bottom spout up and put it on top of your can. Fill that thing full of water in 10 minutes. In 10 minutes in a downpour, you can fill a 40-gallon a jug full of water on all four corners of your house. 40 Amen. gallons on all four corners of your house. Hey Amen. You, know? you can live uh, a long time without food, but not without water. You, you can live about three or four days in, in hot weather without, not even hot weather, but you, you can't live long without water, folks. You know, Amen. you can now, go about a month without something to eat. You can go about... A couple of three days without water, and you can go a little while without air, but you've got to have water, you know. And you need to think about that. And he said, well, the Lord will take care of it. Okay, preacher, the Lord will take care of it. All right, preacher. Okay, fine. Okay, preacher, uh, let me ask you something. Uh, if your people can, let me tell you, you you're, yeah, the Lord will take care of it. If your people in your church can pray down manna from heaven and water from heaven, then the, then the Lord will take care of it. Well, they can pray down manna from heaven. They can. They can't even pray for a headache right now. They can't pray down manna from heaven. Amen. Get off of it. Get off of that. Stop pulling my leg. You know? So come on, it says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge, right. My people, you know, wise men see it destruction from far and hide it himself, you know. And a foolish guy get... gets caught and he gets nailed. That's, That's what right. It is. That's Al's paraphrase, right. I mean, we're to do what we can do. And having done all, you stand. Right. And uh, when you have nothing, then God will supernaturally protect you if you're walking with Him. And if you have to share it, share it. Amen. Share it and say, in the name of Jesus, I give you this. He provided it. And believe me, when the time comes and you've given it all away, don't you worry. The manna will fall from heaven, and you'll have honey flowing, and you'll have water, whatever. Amen. The Lord will provide. I'm telling you, I can give you a, uh, I can give you a thousand miracles that we know about. It's happened in our life, my lifetime. Well, Brother Al, uh, we're coming yep. up to the uh, close right. of the show. I want to say God bless you for coming on tonight. I want to have you on again real soon. Uh, give out your contact information again, please. Nah, I just go by mailing address, Box 111, Wolftown, Virginia, 22748. Okay, and how can people uh, tune into your weekly show? Yeah, they go, I don't know. I'm I just due to talking. It's freedomfightersforamerica.com, uh, freedomfightersforamerica, and you look for something called Talk Shoe or Google for or, or search for Al Cuppet, and the show will come up on there. You'll find it. And we're putting a new link to that up on the website. In fact, I, I had the webmaster uh, start work on it today, so we'll have a link up in the next few days. And our, uh, our new Mega Man radio site will go right to Brother Al's radio show. Brother Al, would you close in prayer? Sure. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this time together. We thank you for your many blessings, Lord. And now prepare your church, O oh Lord, for the times that are coming. Prepare them, Jesus. Lord, we pray for your imminent return, but, Lord, prepare us in the meantime. Bless those that are hurting, Lord, and those that don't understand. Show them the way. Bless this program. Bless uh, Brother Shannon and use him mightily for thy glory. We ask it all in Jesus' name for the only begotten Son's glory and his kingdom. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you, brother. I love you. We'll see you. Bye. Take it easy. Bye-bye. That was uh, Brother Al Cuppet. Uh, tomorrow night I'm going to have Steve Quill at 11 p.m. Eastern time. Um, I've waited for this show for years. And Steve promised me, he said, when you go to WWCR, I'll come on your show. He says, there's only two people that I'll go on the show for. He says, <laughs> he says I'll go on George Norrie coast to coast, and I'll go on your show. So, you know, I count that an honor, folks. God bless Steve Quill. Uh, he'll be on tomorrow night at 11 p.m. God bless Brother Al for coming on tonight, and God bless you. And uh, thank you, folks, all that have donated to the India Project. We're going to feed the kids this weekend. 
And uh, may the Lord richly bless you. And uh, I'll see you again uh, tomorrow night. Uh, Saturday night, Dr. Pat Holliday, School of Deliverance. Uh, Sunday, we're going to have John Franklin and uh, from Hegewish. And I'm hoping to have the Xavier's on with Zoe Mortal uh, also Sunday. And if you're in Highland, Indiana area, uh, starting tomorrow, they're going to have a deliverance conference, hbcdelivers.org. Go up there and join Pastor Michael Thier, Pastor John Gogan, and others. And if you need some deliverance, a great place to go up there. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Omega Man Radio. Our mission is to operate in the threefold ministry of Jesus Christ and take evangelism, deliverance from demons, and miracle healing to the world. If you would like to partner with us, you can support this work by donating any amount online at OmegaManRadio.com. Join us in an all-out attack against the hosts of hell. It's time to deliver a death blow to the enemy and take back territory for Jesus. Tell a friend and support Omega Man Radio. Radio.